0: You're listening to Underestimated, real stories from real women, discussing how they've overcome everyday hurdles and rose above. We will not be underestimated. For my first time listeners, I started this podcast with the idea to create a children's book series that empowered girls and quickly realized that there are many more real life stories from women I know that I could take and repurpose for my children's book series. So I created this podcast, interviewing strong women and hearing their experiences of overcoming hurdles. You'll even hear a brainstorming session at the end of every episode where we work to plan out how we can translate their experiences into a children's book. Today's episode is selfishly a little different than the typical underestimated show. First of all, I'm releasing two episodes in one day, and in light of Mother's Day, I'm interviewing both of my moms. To be clear, I have two moms from separate marriages, but they have both been a huge part of my life since a very young age, and I consider myself really lucky to have not only one, but two amazing role models. This episode will be with my mom, Diane Goodman. I think you all will get a kick out of it. But first, a little surprise for mom. What is the most valuable thing you've learned from mom?
1: The main thing that mom has taught me is to how to be such a good mom because she's been such a good mom
0: to me. And she's li- it's literally been, I feel like mainly her and I, and it's
1: just, she's such a good role model on how to love and how to forgive and how to be a mom and also be a, like a friend But so she has that good balance with it. And so that's what makes it so
0: easy. I feel like to not, not that it's easy being a mom, but it's helpful
1: having such a good role model to go into this life journey. So,
0: all right, Cody, what is the one thing you've learned from mom growing up? Diane mom.
1: So during high school and afterwards, uh, learned a lot of forgiveness.
0: Mm -hmm. It's okay, Bubba. I think we were very lucky to have have mom in uh, our
1: life. I never really, I guess, talked about it. <laughs> she was like my, I guess, best friend during that time. <clears throat> <laughs> you got us all going, dude. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what are you doing? I
1: don't sister? know. It just, uh, <clears throat> I could always go over there and just talk to her have somebody to talk to that would understand the situation and knew everything about forgiveness and, and uh, showed forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It was nonjudgmental about anything you would want to talk about, you know, very open-minded. And she was going through the whole, you know, everything too. So.
0: Yeah. She, I think that shows and really instilled that strength in all of us. Oh Yeah. And now, the interview with my mom, Diane Goodman. Is it working? Yeah, can you hear me now? Yay! <laughs> I <see> my girl. <laughs> you see, Clodog? Yeah, oh, she's so sweet. So, I'm doing a series, a Mother's Day series on my podcast. And nice. I interviewed Dan's mom last week, and that one is live now, and I really like it because uh, I think just all of my moms have a lot of wisdom to share.
1: <laughs> a lot of different different stuff to share. Huh? Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> I interviewed her last week. That's live. I'm interviewing you and my mom, my other mom, this week, and then we'll release both of those episodes on Sunday for Mother's Day. Cool. Yeah. That will be fun. So, Anyways, I'm going to start off with introducing my mama, Miss Diana Goodman. She's taught me proper etiquette and not to say words like ain't and this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, pat myself on the back. <laughs> yeah, we we also like to say things like that's nice if you don't have anything nice to say at all. So yeah, yeah. learned a lot and I've also learned a lot about. Being a very independent, strong woman that makes decisions for myself from you, I would like everyone else to meet you through my podcast. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? What do you spend your time doing?
1: Right now, I spend my time making masks because I like to sew and it's a need and I really just make them for our family and friends and coworkers. And then I like to make homemade rolls that Crystal loves. And let's see, what else do I like to do? I love to shop, but you know, you got to be careful with that. (laughs) That can get you in trouble. Um, I enjoy taking care of the children at church because I do run the nursery at church. So that's fun. And I work.
0: In light of Mother's Day, what are some of the most rewarding things you see in being a mother, and what are some
1: of the challenges that you've gone through being a mother? The most rewarding thing that I have is I have, I like to think I have an awesome relationship with my children, even though they're grown. We can pretty much talk about anything. We don't judge. We don't um, hold things against each other. We're very open, and I think as a grown adult that they, as grown adults they are, and a mother that I am, that is a Awesome reward, and I cherish that because a lot of families do not have that, and that's one of the neatest things that I think we have. Somebody's like, Well, what happens if they call you at two o'clock in the morning? I said, They call me at two o'clock in the morning. I answer. <laughs> we don't care, I yeah. answer, I talk, we don't care, yeah. Um, and I guess the challenges would be I sometimes felt on the other end of that spectrum, yikes, what if I'm too not lenient, but too vocal or too this, but I don't think right now, and I don't see if that's a problem, because I think we we bounce off each other good, and if not, we need to tell each other we don't, (laughs) because that way you have that open line of communication, because that's always been something I've tried to instill in in my kiddos is open line of communication.
0: I completely agree, and I think you did an awesome job of instilling strong morals and what's right and what's wrong. And even whenever we screw up, you're still there. And one of the the favorite sayings
1: <laughs> that I remember from you is, well, you know what mama thinks. <laughs> yep, exactly. You know what I think, but you're old enough to make your own decision. And that came from Nana. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, She always told us the same thing. You know, she said, well, you know what we think, but, You have to make your own decision. So that came from Nana years back.
0: I remember whenever I got my first tattoo, that's exactly what you said. Uh (laughs) Uh I'm still getting it.
1: (laughs) That's right. And that's okay. That's fine. You know, you weren't really, I don't know if you were or not, but it didn't seem like you were as scared to call and tell me. It's like, well, and that's okay. That's okay. I think
0: because of that open communication, it was more of out of respect and it was, yes. This is what I, and then if it, I mean, truthfully, if you or anyone was really just like, absolutely not, don't think that's a good idea. I probably would have been like, okay, maybe I'll wait a couple of more days before <laughs> like thought about it harder. But yeah, yeah, it's definitely, I think, because we have that open communication and. Right. So as a mother, as strong, devout Christian, um, hard, hardworking woman, can you think of a time that you were underestimated?
1: Um, maybe at a job mm-hmm. where and and this is kind of a crazy thing too. I would do a job over and above, but then sometimes they said- ad- attention to detail was not necessary, but then, in the long run, it came back later that it was okay. Mm-hmm. they were just being you know, yeah, so um, I guess that would be one of my I don't really know any other time. there might have been some times early in life, but I really don't. As a mother, no, because I was told I boiled everything but my children, so, <laughs> I mean, but I mean, I don't know if I did or not, but I was told I boiled everything but the baby, you know, so. Um, what does that saying mean? means I would try to keep everything of Amber's clean, like uh, okay. I wanted everything of hers clean, you know, yeah. and and that was kind of like the this, this saying, I boiled everything but my child, so. Yeah. Um. <laughs> And so that's, you know, because I was wipe your face off or wipe your faces off or something like that. You know, it was mm-hmm. kind of like that. So I don't think as a mother, I've really ever been underestimated. I don't mean to pat myself on the back, but I've been told by many of my kids' friends, you know, you're, you're not the cool mom, but you are the cool mom, but you're the fun. You're the good mom. Mm-hmm. You know how to deal with this. Yeah. Respect. So yeah, kind of a fun thing.
0: So out of the stories of when you, you can think of being underestimated, can you go in a little bit more detail of what was the scenario? And um, what I I think I know what you were talking about. Was it when you worked at the uh, storage unit place?
1: Yes. Yeah. Some of that.
0: Yeah. yeah. Killed
1: it I was, <laughs> I was basically given um, rain, but then when I had to, Hire people and had to do things that were legal, mm-hmm. and I did them legal, I would get in trouble. And because that's just they didn't want to pay for that, it was tough. But, um, and later on, I found out I needed to be out of that job, but it was a good one while I had it because it gave us, you know, stability at the time that I needed it. But then it also showed me, hey, don't be bullied, that's not worth it.
0: I think that. One of the things that I've heard in just about every interview I've done is most of the time my friends and Dan's mom, uh, Lori, couldn't think of the time they were underestimated or just underappreciated right off the bat. Mm I
1: think
0: it's because it's something that uh, often happens very frequently and we just kind of, that's part of it. We
1: overlook it sometimes, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sometimes we do that.
0: Literally my first actually all three of them, it was like, it's a lot of times it's little, little, little things. I think Uh it rubs you the wrong way and you just don't say anything because what is that going to in that time at the storage unit? Um, what are some things that you did to deal with that situation? Um, I suppose emotionally or like motivated yourself. How did you get yourself out of that situation?
1: I stuck to my guns as far as who I had to, who I could hire and who I could have in because it didn't want me to have a licensed electrician Wanted me to bring other persons in. And that's not yeah. legal. So I thought, you know, I'm going to stand by myself on that. And then I saw it was an opportunity for me to get out mm-hmm. of that position and not ridiculously put me in, financial binder, stuff like that. So I made the decision to get out and I moved to Oklahoma City at the time. Yeah. So, and I've been here almost nine years.
0: And we're still trying to get you back to Texas. (laughs) What accomplishments from life are you most proud of?
1: Overcoming a lot of obstacles. Had a lot of personal obstacles in my life and I've overcome them pretty good. Also, I have, I'm from in that, in those obstacles, I've been able to have re- keep relationships mm-hmm. that could have otherwise been destroyed. Through different incidents in life, um, mm-hmm. even when I was married early in life, that did not work out, but I still remained in constant contact with my mother and father-in-law, who, yeah. is the grandmother of my child. And so that kind of was, was a good thing. And yeah. I was able to stay in touch with the family. So that was, you know, there's, there's times like that that sometimes you're not able to stay in contact with them. But you get to stay in contact with people that are special to you. And that's a very, I cherish that immensely. And so. it's
0: not the easiest thing to do either. I would say most often than not.
1: Right. Relationships are hindered. Yeah. You've got to do it with some kind of a composure and yeah. not um, top down people. And sometimes that's hard to, you know, there again, they already know what I think anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> so, you know, it just, it's that, it's that kind of a way.
0: So can you think of any, any person in life that made you feel underappreciated, underestimated?
1: Yeah, my first husband. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Told me I couldn't do anything right. Now's a good thing though. we have a good relationship and it's, 29 years down the road and you're good, but you just, you know, you live and you learn and and you go with it.
0: I can't imagine, like, what men think it's a good idea to tell a woman they
1: can't do anything right? <laughs> I couldn't talk right. I couldn't speak right, but that was, a lot of that was just justifications for things, but, you know, like I said, time heals things and you get past a lot of things. So,
0: yeah what are some major life lessons that you've learned that you really value
1: major life lessons guys. i was given the opportunity to take care of pa okay my dad for a year and a half that was a very at more times probably than not a very challenging situation but you should always cherish that and do whatever you can do, because it's harder on them, honestly, than it is on you. It is a very hard, hard job, but I wouldn't have traded it for anything. That's just part of it. Made rolls every day. <laughs> yep. Yep. I did. I made them more than I've ever made them in my life with him and biscuits and gravy. Cause daddy said biscuits and gravy were better than birthday cake. So.
0: What were some of the challenges in um, having him with you at that time?
1: He didn't understand why I still had to go to work and have a job. He thought I could just stay home and take care of him, which I would have loved to. But that didn't work. So he really didn't understand that part at all. And that made it very hard when I would get ready to leave for work or whatever. So that was one big challenge. And tried to get him to take his medication and to eat correctly and not think everything so seriously. Like, you know, anybody that sends in mail, don't send them money, daddy. They're just you know they're crooks they're scams you know and that was a big challenge because in today's society these people target elderly people mm-hmm. they mail them things and they tell them oh you send me twelve dollars you're going to get this and, this and this we got stuff like that all the time come to find out he was sending him money thinking he's going to get something and so i basically the biggest challenge was when i had to take away his checkbook and his money and even took away stamps because i know that sounds bad but i had to do that because he would just send it to him cash i was like oh my gosh you know you really don't think about it until you live it and see it and that was hard because that's your father and you as the child is not supposed to have to do that so but it had to be done that was one of the bigger challenges
0: What did you, how did you grow from that and what did
1: you love about it? I love that I got to have that opportunity because I've always, was always kind of a daddy's girl anyway. So I love that I got to have that opportunity, even though it was a hard time. There was a lot of rewarding times with that. And it made me grow because it's like for a year and a half, you have to give selfishly, but you have to give unselfishly at the same time. And that's a hard balance. Um, so you have to bite your tongue a lot and just go on and know everything, it'll be, and everything's gonna be good in the morning and you just go up, start over. Learning to pick your battles, I guess. It is, and don't sweat the small stuff because it's not worth it.
0: You got all that extra time
1: with him. Yes, yes. And he didn't have to sit in a home all by himself on a day-to-day basis five hours away from me. That was always a worry to us kids. I was glad I was able to do that because.
0: Imagine how much money he'd be sending to scammers.
1: (laughs) Oh, I mean, it was just, it was unbelievable. And the funny, a funny thing about that, he really thought he won a major amount of money, dream amount of money. And he was so excited. And I had to take the letter and go see Uncle Brad because, and I took daddy with me because we had to explain it to him. And I had to go in like it was a real thing for my dad and then, My brother and I had to confront him together that it wasn't real, and that's hard to make somebody believe that because they take it at face value. But there's it. It was a challenge. But like I said, we overcome it. And
0: well, and it's just he he didn't grow up in a time where stuff was every day. And you, you know, no, he didn't. He didn't. So okay. When have you? ever underestimated another person.
1: I don't know if I ever underestimated somebody or else I gave them more credit probably sometimes than... Like
0: I tell the story of uh, Jennifer with this Texas Till Rose thing right. doing. I thought it was a cool side project and then didn't really think anything would come of it. And she's got a thousand people in her group and she gets orders every day. And it's...
1: That's awesome.
0: something. And I did not think that was something that was going to happen from that project.
1: Yeah. So therefore you've got, yeah, you go. And there's times when you think, yeah, right. They're going to pull this off. I don't know how that's going to happen. You know, of course you always want them to do well in the back of your mind. Yeah. You want that. But then that same part, you're thinking they can't do that. That won't amount to nothing.
0: It's just a lot of tiny instances sometimes of where. Right. Right. People think we aren't always capable of doing what we set our mind to. um, Right. Right. Same to other people.
1: Even as a person that's almost 55 years old, I love my brother to death, but you're Sometimes he thinks, you know, he's like, are you living in a safe place? Are you this? Are you that? But he's 10 years older than me. So he's always going to be that way. Mm -hmm. So that's okay. But then you think, I can do this myself, <laughs> you know, um, five years old brother. I think yeah, I, <laughs> I want to do this. I'm going to do this. But, but then you go back and you look and you think, well, they've always done that in your life and you wouldn't want them not to do that. Yeah. So, you know, you just have to kind of go with that.
0: All right. So the last thing is at the very end of all of my podcasts, I do a brainstorming session to figure out what kind of children's book we can make about you. That would be...
1: Make about me.
0: Yeah. So think in the lens that you're probably like a six or seven-year-old little girl named Ruthie with a dog named Chloe.
1: I remember... I know this sounds crazy, but as a little girl, I remember one of my children telling me, I know why you're mean because Nana's mean. And that's... And I, I know why you're mean because, you know, Nana was mean. And... I remember it, saying that. <laughs> Yeah. I said, and you're going to be mean too. You just have to tell them. Mm -hmm. They still have to mind you and still have to do things. So I think I would, it would be kind of fun because I would like to be looked at in my character as an older person or that the little person would look at me and think, yeah, I still got to mind them no matter if they're Mimi or not. You know, Mm -hmm. I still got to respect them and mind them. Story along the
0: lines where maybe your character is maybe it's that church and you're you're holding the teaching the little the sunday school with the little six seven year old ruthie and ruthie wants to do something crazy but it's not in her best interest
1: mm-hmm. what's something crazy that us kids came up with oh gosh <sighs> maybe certain toys that she thought were cool but they're not really didn't have the best values and so your toys, you were encouraged not to play with them because they really didn't have the best values or the best things mm-hmm. that I would like to have as a mother wanted to instill in them or as a teacher. So maybe so,
0: Ruby really wants to play a lot of video games or something?
1: Yeah, and some of those video games I would have to say are not good, but some of them are, are fun. Mm-hmm. And some of them are learn, you can learn from some of them and some of them are not good for our moral, moral well-being to maybe encourage, to look at something that can do a little bit more for us intellectually or whatever. Yeah. Go pick up a book. Exactly. Yeah. I was told I was the meanest mama in the world, but that meant a whole different thing than what it really means. I don't know I ever said that. I was the
0: good one that shaved off. No, you didn't
1: ever say that, but you could look at you and you would just cry, especially if you shaved your eyebrows off. They still don't grow back the same. (laughs) And, And you were so scared to tell your mama. Your other mama, that was fun. <laughs> she got a laugh out of it. How did that? Yeah, we, we kind got a laugh out of that. And that is a relationship I also cherish is your mom because I get to share. She yeah. allows me to share her children with me. So that's kind of fun too as a stepmom.
0: I always say that, um, I, mean, I don't know, I love having four parents. I think it made me well-rounded and mm-hmm. enabled me to see different sides to every
1: coin. And- right. Right, right.
0: Gave me the opportunity to learn to make my own decisions. So
1: that's right. And you learn from lots of different um, experiences in life mm-hmm. that they had or didn't have or whatever.
0: Thanks again for listening to another episode of Underestimated Stories for Women. If you enjoy my podcast, please follow me on iTunes, Spotify, or Clips so you can hear my next story. This podcast is sponsored by Clips. Discover podcast highlights of your favorite shows at www.clip.ps.